back, motherfucker. Five years later, man, I'm here, man. <laughs> yo, yo, I'm back, bitch, and I'm stronger than ever. I can last through any kind of hurricane weather. I got shot eight times, two still in my head. Get your money back, bitch, Mr. Big ain't dead. I got God on my side and I ain't scared to die. I'm a grown man, baby, I ain't scared to cry. I ain't scared to go to jail because I done been there before. And Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 36 of the NFP podcast presented by 3D Entertainment. The NFP podcast is brought to you by Sneaky Weasel Lager and Hey Y'all Southern Ice Teas, the official alcohol sponsor of the show. As well, our official clothing sponsor, Wrangler. Long live Cowboys. What's up, everybody? Been a hot minute since we got to talk to you, since you got everybody, to listen to us. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> We're back, baby. With me today, Jason Davidson. Jason, how is it, brother? bad lt not bad number 36 eh yep oh let's go with matthew barnaby number no, 36. not a bad uh, one. how many pims how many pims i don't know what are we Thousands. talking about a couple thousand Thousands. three thousand yeah not a... instigator like <laughs> pims like oh i wonder how many guys wanted to murder him on the ice over the years probably still do yeah, yeah, no, I guarantee there's some guys that haven't let it go for sure. Uh, for sure. Yeah, well, it's a good timer, though, old Matthew Barnaby. When I was a kid growing up, uh, we, we were lucky enough to spend a lot of time around uh, Dave Manson, Josh Manson, former guest on the show. His dad, enforcer in the NHL, played for 18 years. And uh, he had some autographed pictures, kind of like bull riders have. You know, you got your autographed pictures that you take yeah, signings and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. Look. And uh, Dave's picture that he signed for us, I don't know if it was for other people or if that was just one picture that he sent, but it was Matthew Barnaby bent right in half with Dave's stick right in the middle of his ribs <laughs> and him screaming just looked like it was the end of him. So, yeah, yeah. good guy, though. Speak, uh, speaking of letting it go, I guess I could have just hung out there tonight and did the pod with you right in the same room. We're in the yeah, damn, you should have. Same, same city, and now we're in two different hotel rooms doing a pod. Yep. Calgary, Alberta. We're here for the Cody Snyder bull busting at the Gray Eagle Resort. Been good. What'd you think? I was here night one, night two. Jason, you were here night two. What'd you think? How'd it go? Well, I think Dakota Butter means business. He's just got to get clicking at a Cup Series event where them points are worth twice as much. But uh, yeah, good crowd, uh, good setup. Looked really good there. I thought. Um, yeah, Bulls kind of got the better end. Some riders last night, tough night for some good guys. You got Swearingen out. You got uh, Zane Lambert out. You got um, Edgar. Uh, yeah, and then Jared Parsonage. I uh, hope Edgar's – I heard Edgar's still in the hospital. I think he got out. Um, he did. He got out, yeah, yeah. So he got his, his stomach stepped on the first night, and um, his buddy that was with him there said that he just – took him home right before the bull ride and started there. So uh bruised lung, luckily nothing collapsed or, or bust off totally in there, but broke some ribs and a bruised lung. So he's out now and doing good by the sounds of it. Yeah. Some sad news for the PBR family though. Yeah. Let's dive into it. Jeez, I'm crow. I don't even know how to, how to bring this up or how to talk about it. And it's one of those deals that, that uh, we all know is possible in the sport. We never want to believe it. We never want to think it. But it happens. Amadeo Silva passes away in Fresno, California. 
unfortunate accident wreck bull steps on him and he loses his life and um thinking about his family thinking about his friends thinking about everybody involved in that situation and it just really puts a cursor on the sport that we all play it's 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 serious it's real we talk about guys on this podcast that have passed that are friends of ours and uh, you never think it's going to happen that day or, or it's going to be a buddy of yours or yourself and and uh that's the seriousness of this sport so amadeo passes away jason thoughts it's 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 something that uh it's hard to put yeah. in words i don't even know what to say about it right i don't know well you know what we've had some good laughs with some really good guys on this podcast and um that's you're right um you, you put it in perspective it's every time that gate opens it could happen um, we've seen it we've been around it we've lived it we've you know um I guess that's why we we really strive to make it better for these guys nodding their head, you know, like moving to Edmonton for our PBR Canada finals and adding that kind of money. Um, I want these guys to be committed and, and I guess it's got to work both ways. We've got to be committed on our side that, you know, they can make some serious money. They, it's got to be life-changing money because they're putting their life on the line every time they nod their head. Um, yeah. You know, the PBR, that's what it's been all about since day one. So we got to we got to really push forward with that. Um, you know, like butter is probably up to eight grand one here now in two nights. Yeah. You know, not a not bad couple days. And he's got one more to go. And, you know, he'll have a good foothold on that that fifty thousand dollar bonus that we hope we can get awarded in Edmonton in November. Um, if the old China virus don't get to us first. Yeah, no shit. Eh? Lots of different things on the go there. Butters obviously kicking ass. That's four in a row that he's won. But uh, going back to Amadeo, um, he, he he passed away, and we'll talk about it in the in the interview that we got coming up here with Dalton Castle. For those that are listening, this episode does have the interview with Dalton Castle, which is quite the interview. He's quite the guy. Has a lot of. Uh, yeah. PG thirteen. <laughs> no, this one's eighteen A for everybody involved, as most of them are. But a good son of a bitch, good guy, and and uh, he'll share in in his interview kind of how it all went down. But for those that don't know, Amadeo came over from Brazil, grew up on a dirt floor, poverty, one hundred percent. We uh, we know bull riders or, or people that you know maybe listen to this podcast. You think that. Uh, you know, hard times. And some of these Brazilian guys, like we've talked before, literally come from absolutely nothing, live from um, literally the jungle up. And Amadeo was no no separate from that. He grew up with his, his parents and, and they lost their house when he was seven years old. If you go to Justin Falesco's PBR.com interview, he talks about it. And uh, he told a guy that that he would ride horses for him. It was a ranch hand, and only if his parents could live in the in the spare house that they had, because they didn't have a house to live in. So, they've lived off bull riding. When Amadeo came over to the U.S., they all came with them. They're all living together. They're all living off of of that dream of of making millions of dollars and living the American dream of being a professional athlete. So, um, long story short, the bull riders knew what was going on within. His family, they all live in that Decatur area, Texas area, where lots of the Brazilians, when they when they come over to America, they all kind of live in that same area and really have their own community over there, and it's amazing to see. But 
um when he passed away all these guys go to a little supper brunch and uh talk about it with amongst each other and, and cooper davis and um dalton get it, get the ball rolling on donating the money from um, the uss lexington where they went and donating all that money to to his family so those guys this weekend last weekend when they rode on on that big ship and all the hype and all the hoopla that went behind riding on that ship and the team aspect that went behind it the big story behind it was that they gave all their money they rode for zero dollars and every added purse hundred thousand bucks uh went right to amadeo's family and the pbr matched it he he talks about it in the interview but huge uh a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel for such a such a tragic accident but so good for those guys to step up to the plate and 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 do that for for his family yeah that's that's a solid move on all those guys part it really is um i, I think that just speaks volumes of the of what a PBR athlete really stands for right there. Yeah. Huge. That's what they do, man. That's what we do as a family, as a brotherhood, you stick together. And like we say, it's, it's not, uh, it's not if it happens, it's when and how bad it's going to be. And sometimes yeah. it is, is, is that bad. So don't mean to bring the, you know, bring the vibe down on the pot or nothing, but that's as, that's as bad as you get. And it's hard to talk about, but thinking about Amadeo, thinking about his family, thinking about the whole Brazilian crew, all the, everybody on tour, everybody that knew him, man, it's uh, just so sad. Yeah. Yeah. No sad story. That's all. On to that. Speaking of the PBR, what do you think of the big news? World final Big news. Yeah. Last year, the PBR world finals would be in Las Vegas. Hey, yeah. um, you know what? I haven't even talked to Sean about this personally yet or Chris or, or anybody, but my thoughts, um, my thoughts on it, Las Vegas is changing as a city. Um, and you know, for the better, I guess, for professional sports, you got a very successful hockey team there. That's going to play 41 home games, yep. not including the playoffs. You got a football stadium there, 70,000 seats. They're going to, they're going to have eight, games a year not including the exhibition um Fuck, yeah. it's it's you know there's a lot of competition in that town and i and i think um i think they're maybe looking into the future a little bit here and and you know there's still some covid restrictions on travel and whatnot and i think if you're going to put an event on anywhere um in a western lifestyle event we saw it with the national finals rodeo being moved to globe life arena last year in uh, Dallas Fort Worth like it was mm -hmm. very very successful Las Vegas will have to step up to keep that rodeo there for 10 days and when this contract's up um, I guarantee you they'll be leveraging up what they did in Texas so you know what I think uh, that's some very forward thinking on Sean Gleason's part and uh, I don't have that crystal ball but time will tell. Time I wonder will tell. I never thought about it that way at all I thought um well, I'll tell you the honest truth. My own thoughts on it was that something was going wrong within the the system that they had to move it to Fort Worth, Texas, well, because fucking Vegas, in my opinion, everybody that comes to the world finals is a, is a foreigner, right? You're, you're inserted in, yeah. you get to Vegas easy from any other, any anywhere other town or the, yeah, any country, anywhere in the world, you fucking hit Vegas. It's not like you're having a bunch of locals that are coming to the world finals or the like in Prince Albert, eh? <laughs> yeah it's a little tougher to get my boys to pa than it is to vegas but and vegas is that 
uh, we talk about with Dalton too in this podcast, but Vegas is that a central spot. That's like, everybody knows you want to get to Vegas. I don't know. Do you think it's, well, and here's the, so there's a new format coming. Um, the season will start January 5th okay. and it's going to run consecutive weeks and end in May. Um, yep. that's also playoff hockey. I would venture to guess that Mr. Bill Foley, the owner of the Las Vegas golden Knights yep. and even the NHL, we've tried to schedule in Canada in the springtime. They just don't give you dates. That's they're the number one tenant in those buildings. So to, to tie up T-Mobile in May for, well, call it eight days. It's not happening. Like in the regular season, they can be on the road. They can schedule their road trip around it. Can't do that in May. And, uh, what was the switch to May though? What the fuck? Why is there a world finals in May? Well, that's where they, they've changed it up. Yeah. Going straight through. And, but their uh, rumor is that there'll be something created for the summer months for the guys. And uh, we might see something in Vegas um, kind of as a finale or something for that. Um, I actually, that's just kind of a bit of a hunch in the rumor that I've heard. So I haven't even, uh, I haven't even got um, confirmation. That's exactly what's happening, but my source is pretty damn reliable. There's gotta be something fucking going on. If they're switching, every single format a building state everything like there has to be more to this story than no comment changing no comment. everything to the middle of may for the world finals yeah. right so yeah they're gonna go right right no weekends off and in fact i think there's a couple uh there's a couple weeks there might even have some events during the week oh, somewhere perfect. so yeah the- yeah Marbles. How many times have we talked about that? How many times have we talked about that? Yeah. Marbles, less money right in a fucking tight area time. So that's what they'll do. Probably they'll go from October or say November until May. And then they'll bring in whatever new format's going to go in from May no, to January December. January to May. Nothing yeah. in not, nothing. You're, you're going to see November, December, nothing happening. Well, what, oh, well some right. touring pros, some yeah. touring pro events and stuff. Maybe Velocities will step up, which I think they're, they're doing well with the velocity tour events. Um, you know, they've, they've got that luxury in the, in the U S they've got so many major markets, you know, like they're having velocities in cities that are, you know, make Saskatoon and, and, uh, Lethbridge look like suburbs. So, um, yeah, we, we just don't have that luxury. Yep. You know what we do the luxury of doing sneaky weasel. Drinking hey y'all southern iced teas, baby. <laughs> hey y'all southern iced teas. Our tea is always served iced and hard. This vodka-based iced tea brewed with genuine black tea and lightly sweetened. Enjoy a hey y'all southern iced tea while taking in the main bull riding event or sipping a cold one on the porch. Hey y'all southern iced teas, the official refreshment beverage of the NFP podcast. Boom, chakalaka. Yeah, we'll see what goes on, but hopefully, uh, they'll. Think about the economics and think about what's going to make the sport go and, and work with TV to make it work, but also think about the bull riders and think about the effects that it's going to have on their guys. We've seen it tonight here in Calgary, the effects oh, that yeah. a season has on bull riders. We all want to produce events. We all want to put events on, but when you're getting on fucking 1,800-pound bulls every night, you fucking wipe guys out. You know, we see it tonight. you thinking? You got one coming up in three weeks. Is what it is. I'll get. I'll try to get twenty guys, and there's a lot of young guys that are that are wanting to go and and rip it, and lots of the those top guys are going. But 
uh it's just yeah it's one of those games man you just want to uh make sure that you're doing it right by the guys make sure that they're they have every aspect or every forward movement that they can do and make as much money as they can while doing it right what's the dates september 23rd 24th oh birthday cake for jd oh how old old man <laughs> yeah we got some good sponsors on there too riverside dodge hopped on as the the title sponsor for it so that's that's a big one there and uh, farm world jumped on as the bullfighter sponsor man we got a bunch of we got a good crew around there that pa area and i think yeah, the bull riders do. like yeah you do they like coming around and like hanging out around that area too because everybody's good-hearted and has a good time uh, you better get a shoot boss so I can just go from tent to tent and see if I can scrape up a little bit leftovers for Saskatoon. Yeah, exactly. Uh, highlights within the PBR, bunch of moves, bunch of rodeo moves as well. Zane Lambert wins the Innisfil Pro Rodeo. I was uh, fortunate enough to fight bulls there with uh, Houston Gleason over Benalto as well for the C5 Rodeo Company. Wyatt Danes, Kyle Danes, full crew there. Uh, Dakota Butter wins the rodeo in Benalto. Uh, PBR wise, Paulo Lima wins the major in Fort Worth, Texas. Rides Whoopa for ninety five and some change. Who picked that bull for world oh, champion? I don't know. Fuck. If you're a lefty, you fucking hunker down and pick that son of a bitch first as you get. Uh, Paulo Lima smashing ninety five and a quarters on him. Come on, you hunker down. Yeah, you take that one for 95. But yeah, oh. good to see. Lots of stuff going on. As we talked, we're here at the Cody Snyder Bull Busting. Two nights down. When this one comes out, it'll be Thursday morning. So Thursday night will be going. Dakota Butter wins both nights. Wins Pinoca as well. Pinoca had a had a bull riding that Nance and Vold and the crew put on there. And Oh, yeah. We talked since then? No. No. Yeah, that one's fresh too. Two weeks, man. We got a lot of fucking shit to get through. But stats-wise... How was Pinocchio? Had a conversation here? today with Blair Vold on the drive down. Yep. Yep. Um, one of the top nights the Pinocchio Stampede's ever had. Yep. I heard they cracked him out. I heard there was nine, ten thousand people and yeah. with the wagons and one of the best people. And then here's the best part: that PBR run right after the wagons, and uh, they they sold another thirty three hundred, thirty seven hundred tickets. They're not got their final audits done just for the bull riding. Perfect. Like they come in after. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. So pretty good stuff. Yep. Good to see. So that was a good one. And uh hopefully they'll keep going on with that. We'll see. But yeah, we'll see what goes on. I think that's another good point maybe to bring up. Maybe that you have some insight on, Jason, is the schedule for this year. Everybody's talking right now how rodeo wise, bull riding wise, there hasn't been anything open. So everybody that really wanted to go, they had to crunch them into a schedule within three months right so uh do you think uh lots of these rodeos will go back to normal these bull rides go back to their normal dates or they stick with what they have or is it up in the air that we don't even know what the fuck we're getting into in the next little bit well that well the latter unfortunately but for some of them they've got time now right they because they're, they're not going to be doing anything till may june july or whatever august but um for us you know we've missed two Cooper Clooney PBRs now in May. Yep. Nip one, you know, those are good events. Um, we're going to be rolling though, come January for the cup series. We're, we're, we're booked, we're scheduled. So we just, 
I don't know what we're going to do in British Columbia, though. That could be a bit of a challenge. Um, got a plan I got to work on here in the next couple, three weeks, but uh, maybe pivot to another venue in Saskatchewan and one more in Alberta to make up for Abbotsford and Kelowna. Unfortunately, I'm sorry, Kelowna, Merritt, Abbotsford, Vancouver, PBR fans. Talk to yeah. your government. Talk to them. Hey, that's another good thing that I would like to ask you about, too, because there's been lots of guys since I've been on this rodeo trail for the last fucking 10 days, which hopefully, luckily, I get to go home here after uh, tomorrow. It's been a long time home. My, my little girl started kindergarten. Shout out. Yeah, Lana. I saw the pictures. Holy smokes. Yeah, unreal. Life changes pretty quick. Anyways, um, lots of guys have been asking what the fuck's going down with these new regulations. Are these events going to go? There's a new mandate across Alberta of indoor events, have masks, have vaccines, all the different stuff along with that. Uh, everything has to be shut down by 10 p.m. Where are we at? PBR Canada-wise, That's I'm glad you brought that up. Where are we at with all those well, events that are coming have, October? Yeah, we don't have one venue that's saying you have to be you don't have to provide proof of vaccination. Um, it's going to be possibly provide proof of vaccination and or um, a negative COVID test. Now uh, we do have, I'm not going to get into the venues cause I'm not, no, I'm just, not going. just what's but going on. We've yeah. got a couple that are, it's up to the promoters. Um, so you're talking to the guy that can make the decision and I'm not going to discriminate against people that do or don't like I, you know, I've got, you've got a grandpa. I have a grandpa that went to war for us, for these freedoms. So um, I think people just got to just take a step back and, and uh, realize the sacrifices some of our family members made years ago um, before they start giving up a bunch of their freedoms. So um, not to get too deep into that though, I did talk to the, the medicine hat, um, venue today and um, they they claim they don't think there's going to be anything more than restrictions on numbers so you know um, you know we, we've got probably 1500 tickets sold already for medicine hat so I don't know what that number is but I know what our number is so you know to make things work so um, you know we had a good positive call um, and we're, and we're a little bit at the mercy, unfortunately. That's the problem. That's We've never had to deal with stuff like this before in our country. Um, it's uh, uncharted waters, really. But we're, we're rolling ahead. We've maneuvered here for 18 months. So we just got to hold shit together for another 12 weeks. Yep. Oof. That's pretty crazy. Eh? Yeah, there won't be much change, I don't think. The election coming up in Canada here for the new prime minister um i think that's probably when you'll see some differences or see some changes but without getting too deep into that because i have no fucking idea about any of it but well who knows yeah. new class clown gets elected september 20th yeah we'll see what goes on there along with that the pbr canada finals jason this is another question i had for you from the guys so i'm taking i'm taking outside comments taking some fucking vibes from, from the, the people yeah getting some instagram asks as well and people oh, want yeah, to know what you terrible. have to think what about the the pbr canada finals that are in edmonton there is a rule where canadian champions pbr canada champions have an exemption to ride at the pbr canada finals is that true that's correct 
that is. Um, normally, we would see, uh, I don't know, you know, Tanner, anywhere from six to ten, you know, contestants from the U.S. or Brazil or Australia competing at our events, which, you know, it, it makes the talent pool that much deeper. Um, and I am very impressed with our young riders. I think we've got about as good a crop as we've had since back in the Garth Oldfield, Keg and Surrett days for depth. You know, those were the guys like, uh, you know, when Schiffner was young, Tyler Thompson, like we had, we had a, we had 30 Canadians up here that could win any given weekend. So, um, you know, I, we've got to make it the best finals we possibly can. We're going into Rogers Arena, which is arguably the, you know, one of the nicest buildings we have in our country. Yeah. I so, know. Uh, you know, it's if we can have Dalen Swearing in there, and I talked to him today, he got banged up last night, but, you know, he's going to try and be there. If, if he's got to talk to Tandy Freeman, Dr. Tandy Freeman, who, um, like Brandon told me here, he's the lifesaver for these yeah. guys to get in and, and get fixed up and get back going again. So he plans on being here. Um, can you tell me Panky's thinking about cracking out? Yeah, Panker, I heard, was talking about it. Bo Hill. Uh, there's a bunch well, of them. Scott Shifter. I bet Scott Shifter would fucking come back. What else he's got going on? Maybe he'll... Well, I know he's listening. He better hope he draws some into his hand, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's me too, right? I better draw nice when I get wiped yeah. out. That's the worst yeah. thing. You got confidence in yourself that, you know, you can come back and you're feeling healthy as you ever have because you haven't been riding bulls for four or five years like some of them guys. And then you draw one that you don't really want to get on and he wipes you the fuck out and you're right back to square one. <laughs> We've seen it a million times. You've seen guys bust out of retirement, right? And then Oh, yeah. Come yeah. Back. You, remind, uh, you mind all those past champions. They're not picking the bulls here like they do at the CFR. They're not all about it. <laughs> Oh, shit. Yep. Dalton Castle joins us today. We kind of alluded to it earlier, but uh, seen him in Big Sky. Good guy. Rides. Probably has more talent than most guys that I've seen. I got to talk to Riley Samford about him and uh, Chase Outlaw and and, uh, nothing but good things to say about this guy and the talent that he has. So you guys are going to like this interview. He's a little bit no holds barred. He's not afraid of words. He has fun time. Sounds like he fits right in. And with that, speaking of no holds barred, Manscaped. Attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston. Do we have a pube problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new Lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with the performance package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code NFP20. Fuck, is that, was, that was a good one. That was worded really well. Nice read. Hey, not bad. Manscaped. That has just taken off not only in the U.S., but Canada, the U.K., across Europe, Australia, South Africa, and Singapore. Inside the package, you'll find the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, ear, and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver. Ah, fuck that one up. Preserver. 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 Preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, 
and a travel bag to hold your whole solar system. First, schedule for liftoff, the new Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. This spaceship is here to guide you on a journey to trim your body, balls, butt, and even Uranus. <laughs> oh, boy. Hey, that was a good one. Oh, get, a get 20% off and free shipping with the code NFP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code NFP20 at manscaped.com. Your dick and your balls need some help. For a clear trinity and beyond, your space balls will thank you. <laughs> you uh, good read, good read there, LT. Oh, you think we, we must have had something to do with that success in Canada? Go hundred percent. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I got a few guys rolling on it there in the Saskatoon area. Yeah, manscape. Well, it is good. I That's got, the thing. It's like I got know? trigger happy. I got trigger happy one day on the ball deodorant, and then I <laughs> I was handing it, I was handing it out at the gym. <laughs> and then they were sending us stuff, so I didn't realize we were getting free shit, and yeah. I ordered some. So yeah, <laughs> I got stocking stuffers. Jackson might need some. He's fifteen. I'll give him. I don't know. I'll have to give him a little lesson on how. To, actually, I'm not giving him any lessons, but. Line him out. He's got to figure that one out on yeah. his own. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just figure it out. Oh, that's gold. All right, everybody. Good to uh, get to be back. Hope you guys in- enjoyed this episode. I know that there's been a lot of complaints that it's only every two weeks instead of every week. Yeah, but no kidding, eh? Yeah, I don't. Are, are you getting some hate mail too? Yeah, and I do apologize. I wish, like, honestly, I wish we could do it every week. This one's two weeks, and it was right to the edge we fucked it up we tried to do this for those that are listening in yeah you got a mouse (laughs) in your pocket or what (laughs) i fucked it up we did this intro last night i accidentally deleted it when we did our interview with dalton castle today so this is the second second try at intro but yeah we couldn't have our broski we couldn't have our broski scott burn on tonight yeah he's got a like a champ that shit's worth and, a bazillion dollars. And, and you're on your own with Dalton too. Sorry, pal. Yeah, no, I did uh did that one with Dalton. That was that was good. Just a good bullshit back but and forth. So. We're gonna get busy here, listeners, but we'll try and do we gotta really try to pull a pod together while we're on the road. Everybody's on the road. I think that could be fun. You know what? We're gonna be back where it all started, Grand Prairie. Yep. Four weeks. Yep. Yeah, and that was the first ever one was recorded at Grand Prairie in the hotel room. So yeah, let's try uh, to, that'll be kind of a yeah. Let's do that. Yep, yep. Brock Radford, Zane Lambert, uh, Peacock, Ty Prescott. There, we were all figuring that out tonight. There's a bunch of different guys. Justin Keeley has a bunch of good stories of of the. Oh room. my god. Yeah, so there's a bunch of guys that want to get into it. So maybe we'll do a live one on the road, and we'll try to do them every week. If not, like we said, every every second week we will actually work hard to get them out so do apologize for not having every week but we do appreciate the feedback do appreciate everybody supporting it and uh we'll keep ripping these out you guys want to keep listening to them so with that jason you good yeah speaking of ripping i'm gonna rip these sheets back and get into bed yep we got night three of the cody snyder bull yeah you need your rest you too, you're, so. an yeah. you're an athlete that's right with that Everybody here is our interview with Dalton Castle.
In July, one big sky, Montana. Since then, he has absolutely taken the world by storm. And I think you might be looking at a future yeah. world well, champion. And it's not X Factor. It's, it's a certain thing about certain guys. Mooney's had it. All the greats have had it. And they've just got a natural feel from the middle. They can get a little stuck, and they know how to move back to the middle of a bull. Joining the show today is the 2019 PBR Rookie of the Year. Two event wins and a quarter million earnings already in what is just the start of his career at 22. Currently ranked 15th in the world in climbing from Texas. It's Dalton Castle. Dalton, how are we doing today? Good. What's up, man? Good. You like that intro? A little tire pump yeah, that, for the boys? That, that, that is slick. <laughs> A lot of research, man. Just been stalking you here the last little while. There you go. <laughs> How's things? What do we got you doing today? Man, I'm actually just hanging out at the house with babysitting when mom was at school. Getting so, the job done? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm bottle feeding son of a gun. <laughs> How's that? How's the dad life? Has everything uh, changed for you? Still the same? What's that like for you? Man, it's been fun. It's uh, it's way different. Less sleep, and it's crazy though. Just how something can need your attention and be so, all the time, and just be so helpless. But like, it's pretty neat just being able to take care of this little thing and just take you around everywhere and i'm loving it yeah really puts things into perspective on life hey a lot of times of what actually means anything right everything goes yeah, back to that now. Uh, yeah no i i didn't realize that you could love something so much and uh just like it's pretty it's a totally new outlook on life that's for sure definitely has it changed would you say I know it's only been two months, but has it changed even like when your wife was pregnant, your mindset towards riding in any of that sense? I know there's lots of the old boys uh, like Ty Murray and lots of them guys said that they could never have kids during their career because it would just take away from from their career. Is that something that you thought of or has it changed anything in your riding at all or it's still still the same old? I haven't really thought of it any different. And like my wife, she's very supportive and lets me do what I need to do and I still do the same stuff go have a good time and so it hasn't changed any for me except I enjoy being home whenever I get home from bull riding and get to hang out with them so you just uh rode on the USS Lexington last weekend what was uh what was that experience like how was that on that boat was it pretty cool that's pretty badass yeah I uh I didn't know they made boats that big. No shit. <laughs> I thought a little 25-foot boat was huge. Uh, <laughs> and no, this thing was freaking crazy. Um, we pulled up, and I remember we were going over this bridge, and you could see it out there in the water. And I was like, Dad, yo. And uh, I guess, you know, they call it like the Blue Ghost or something. No, you should be, they should be able to see that thing all the time. There isn't no hiding it. It's uh, freaking <laughs> massive. Uh shit. How did it go for you? How'd your how'd your team do? Did you guys do any good or oh no. 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 <laughs> I, uh, I think I rode one maybe five or six seconds and uh no, it was it was no good. My Connor Halverson, he was on my team and anyways he uh, ended up staying on one for eighty seven and Joe Al and I didn't stay on anything else. Shit. What do you think of that? the the team 
aspect of things is that something that you like or is that something that maybe is not up your alley do you like being by yourself and and riding how the normal point system is i know that there's lots of talk that things are going to be changing up within the formats of of bull riding so what do you think of that whole team system i think it's all right um uh you kind of got to go at it. everything else you know it's against you and the bull so like it doesn't really change much unless you let it and you just got to go do your job and hopefully the rest of your team does their job you know yeah. do you like riding on a team or do you or is that not something that's up your alley do you like that where somebody else kind of can either help you or hinder you in a sense what do you think of that whole system have were you a team player like did you play other sports growing up or do you like this solo aspect of bull riding yeah i played football and basketball I, I i like the team deal in the yeah. sense of uh i think it kind of brings out a competitiveness even with your own team you know and i think it brings you to where you know you don't want to fail your team so you're going to do everything you can to stay on and if it was just for yourself, then you might, you know, just pussyfoot around a little bit and not, yeah. not care as much because all it's hurting is you, not other people. Yeah. Makes you want to step up to the plate. Yeah. Yeah. So also this weekend, uh, you boys all got together and decided to give all the earnings to Amadeo's family, who Amadeo just passed away in, in Fresno. Um, who got the ball rolling on that? How did that kind of conspire within within you guys? Uh, we went to like a little deal um, over at his place uh, a couple days after, and uh, it was just kind of get together and uh, PBR had set up some catering and stuff like that. And anyways, Cooper and I and uh, Mason we're talking and we're like, we ought to just donate. Like we can go down to Corpus for free. It's not going to hurt us. And they need it way more than we do. And so we talked about it and then we're like, well, we'll call everybody else and see if we can get them on board. And everybody else was gun ho and ready to do it. So that's what we ended up doing. And then the PBR matched a hundred thousand. And so it, it was badass. It worked out good. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. If you listen, you know, you probably, you were there at his house and for guys like me reading the story that Justin Flesco put together, their whole family was in on that, this whole bull riding dream together, right? So yeah. didn't come from, from much and that'll be a little bit better for the pain that they're going through right now. Unimaginable, yeah. right? But what's the, what's the locker room vibe? As you say, you were, you're at, you went to the house afterwards and all oh, you guys are, are really tight knit and close. What's the vibe in the locker room after something like that is, is it a little bit sadder, a little bit more, um, not as, you know, as fired up or, or how's everybody doing after that situation, especially those Brazilian guys that were living with them and whatnot. You know, you could tell that, uh, every time, you know, they would say his name or something like that. Every, like it was kind of, there wasn't much that people really said. Like, it was just kind of uh, quiet. Everybody was pretty torn up and stuff like that about it. But um, I think it also kind of fired some of them guys up. You know, they wanted to do well for him. And it was uh, it was neat. You could see it a little bit. Like, it was a little different 
but you could see where it was i wouldn't say it helped but it was good for everybody and like everybody had a new outlook on life because it can be taken you know that quick and uh i think it was good for people but sucks at the same time you know yeah no i understand what's in a perspective right that it can be yeah like you say taken away at any single minute you never know so seize the day seize the moment while you can right yeah yeah for sure so uh dalton let's go back uh all these podcasts we kind of go through the the life and the career for you it was uh was a little bit different than most bull riders or rodeo people you don't really come from a rodeo background how did you uh get into the sport in the first place yeah so my dad and i would be watching football games on sundays and um we would be watching football and after the football game uh pbr would come on and anyways we i remember whenever i was just little barely could walk and we sit and watch i just was amazed by it and Anyways, I I think that's the only reason I watched as much football as I did is thinking that the PBR was going to come on afterwards. <laughs> and so we uh, did that, and I ended up just begging them and begging them. And finally, when I was about 13, they were like, I guess so. And first bull riding I went to, I, uh, I hadn't gone to any camps or practice. had no idea what I was doing. I had this oh, old saddle barn rope and vest, and I don't even remember what kind of helmet I had. And I uh, showed up to junior rodeo, and I had my rope put on backwards, and uh, <laughs> like I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> and I ended up riding. I ended up riding. I was like seventy something points, and I should have been about fifty points, but I was yeah. seventy. And uh, anyways, after that. Yeah, now I was hooked. Oh shit! So just from watching football on TV and then that would come on afterwards, just made you yeah. want to fucking do her. Yeah. Ah, that's <laughs> badass. Uh, and then right from the from that time on, did you have uh, idols that you looked up to that you wanted to ride like, or who helped you, or what got you on the track to to riding bulls at at that age? And what what kind of where'd you kind of go from there? You know, I didn't ever really have anybody I looked up to, and like I still really don't. Um, yeah. Not in any bad way towards anybody, but I, uh, I just I like the sport so much. I just pick up little things from everybody. So I guess if I had to say I have any kind of idol, it'd be a little bit of everybody, because you mm-hmm. can learn something from everybody, you know, and. Uh, I went to a couple of bull riding camps and uh, kind of got them going, got fundamentals, and then I just got on bulls every chance I got. We'd be roping at the house, and we'd be roping, and whenever we roped one, I would ride that steer up for however it was. It was a constant, constantly trying to get on something. didn't matter if it was a steer, a horse, a bull, it just – finding something and just i've been on a bunch of bulls just trying to figure it all out yeah craving it well i talked to uh riley samford and he said that you probably have more drive than anybody that he's ever seen in 
he's pretty much seen them all. So uh, telling stories about the practice pens and bulls that nobody could get out on and bulls that nobody would want to get on. You'd fucking strap a flank rope to them and wear your running shoes and snap their asses. And coming from Riley, that's, that's got to mean something. So is that just that same, that just that drive that you want to fucking do it or, or what's the, what's your thinking behind doing that? Yeah, no, that's a, I, I'm just trying, like, it pisses me off when people, you know, can't get out on something or something. <laughs> and, and I'm like, y'all are being little bitches. Like, watch <laughs> this. And, uh, anyways, it fuels me up. Like, I freaking, I drive off that. And I like when something's fighting the shoots. And, uh, I like, I, I like getting beat up a little bit. And yeah. they're like, come on with it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Riley, I lived with Riley for a couple of years, and anyways, he's turned into one of my best friends and almost like a brother. And he's helped push me, and he has that same mentality. Oh yeah, yeah, it's been pretty fun that way. Yeah, man, yeah, that's a good, uh, that's a good dude to be hanging out with, bull wise and and lifestyle wise, right? Attitude wise, I think that helps oh, a yeah. lot. Good shit. Uh. Earlier before that, you talk about it in lots of, of your interviews and lots of people maybe that aren't familiar with the sport don't know this, but uh, you were actually adopted, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right from birth or what's what's your kind of, what's the story behind that? For me, obviously not too familiar with, with how it all works and um, life in that sense of, of growing up as a, as a kid that was adopted. I'm, did you know it right from the get go or was that something you found out later on? Yeah. So I, I was adopted out of birth. Uh, my uh, parents went and were meeting my uh, birth mom and stuff. And anyway, she went into labor. My mom was there in the hospital, like my, uh, my, uh, not biological yep. mom, my, mom that raised me and stuff and she was in the hospital and they they were the ones that took me home and uh i had never they had never you know like hit it like it was a known thing that we were adopted mm -hmm. i actually uh, have a little bit of relationship with my adopted family uh heck you probably know harvester yeah yeah that's my uh uncle my birthday oh no shit yeah. Oh man, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, that's cool. Anyways, how's Harv doing? Oh, sorry, I won't cut you off there, but nobody's heard from Harv in a long time. Is he doing good? Is he still kicking? Yeah, I think he's uh, running a construction company here in Stephenville. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So, good. Sorry. Anyway, keep going though with your with your story. No, uh, I always knew that I was adopted, and it never. And you know, I really never. It never really bothered me. And like I never really thought too much of it. I was like, well, it is what it is. And, and then I have a brother and sister. They're both adopted too. And I know it played a little different effect on them. You know, they kind of struggled with why why am I adopted? You know, why did my biological parents not want me and stuff like that? And it you know, it's not anything I really ever struggled with because I'm pretty happy-go-lucky person most of the time and so I, I was like well this is what lord had planned for me so that's that's what i'm doing oh yeah it's amazing are your brother and sister older or younger uh they're younger my right. sister is 20 and my brother's 16 okay do you have a relationship with your biological parents 
Right. Yeah, no, I don't really have too big a relationship with them. And, uh, you know, it's I haven't ever really wanted one, I no. guess. And I say that. It's not that I have anything against them or anything like that. It's just I haven't ever, like, I'm happy with what I'm doing. And so yeah. why, why, why change it, you know? These yeah. are people that raised me, so yeah, they're yeah. my mom and dad. That's wicked. Well, I met your mom and dad at the World Finals. I think it was 2019. Was that your first year going? 2019 was when you yeah. won the Rookie of the World? Uh, I was up in the stands watching that that year, and uh, there was a lady sitting beside me with her head uh, between her knees, couldn't watch. And I started, I was having a few drinks and obviously feeling pretty good. And I was like, well, what are you, why'd you cover the board ride if you're not going to watch the damn thing? And uh, then uh, your dad introduced them that, that they were your your parents and that your mom was just fucking terrified she couldn't watch it wasn't just you it was just all she was just scared of the whole deal is that is that how she's always been is that how she still is uh, oh yeah she she's always been like that still is yeah. like she uh she will watch me but she does not care to watch anything else <laughs> yeah and half the time uh she will my like, dad and mom will be watching at home on tv and uh, dad will have to watch first and then uh if i ride then she'll come watch it if i buck off she doesn't want to see it yeah so, oh shit That's no weird. she's a nervous wreck yeah so you grow up going to uh rodeos i'm sure in texas junior rodeos and whatnot high school rodeos uh we can kind of get deeper now into like um into your side with riley and how that all came about you go to uh college in big spring right was that kind of where everything took off for you got the confidence that maybe you could be one of the best in the world one day or how did that come about yeah so i uh, end up i went to high school nationals and i it was that summer whatever year that was 17 or 18 and i hadn't planned on going to college or anything like that and i had a Chad Castillo was the Howard coach mm -hmm. and he came up to me and he's like, Hey, you want to go to college? I'll give you a full ride. And I was like, Heck, might as well. So I ended up going over there and that first year I went to a handful of them. And then, uh, anyways, one day Riley brought a load of bulls over. And, uh, after that, we just kind of turned into friends and he would bring bulls and I'd call other people and he'd just bring a tray load of bulls and we'd be bucking bulls we'd buck 20 bulls mm -hmm. and half the half the time there might have been six or seven of us half the time i was getting on six or seven of them because yeah. nobody else would yeah. but uh anyways we that kind of just struck our friendship and i started going over to that place where he works and we i was taking a bunch of kids over there and we were getting on bulls all the time and uh after that, uh, yeah. after college, I uh, ended up just living over there with Riley. Yeah. And we worked for a guy and Rick Schuler. And anyways, we, uh, heck, I lived with him for a little over a year. And we just went to bull ridings and got on practice bulls, bucked bulls at the house all the time. Yeah. And he taught me a bunch about it. And, Cause that's something I want to do whenever I'm done riding is raise bulls and okay. do what he does. So you got any right now? 
Uh, I got got Abel, yeah. and then I got a two year old, and then uh, I got seven or eight cows. Okay, sweet. So. What's the story with Chad Berger? Is that not something that that he helped you big time at the start of your career, or what's what's the backstory with with Chad and Riley and that whole situation? Yeah, so in 2019, uh, I uh, went to. Uh, or Riley and I went to a bull sale in Las Lunas. Okay. And uh, anyways, Chad was there buying some bulls, of course. And uh, Riley was like, hey, meet Chad. And I was like, All right. and I thought that was pretty cool. I, was, I knew, you know, what kind Chad of. Chad Berger, yeah. <laughs> I, knew he, I knew about Chad. Yeah. And uh, anyways, uh, Riley showed him some videos and stuff. And Chad was like, you need to come live at my house. And uh, this summer, and go at all them rodeos, and you know, I thought he was just bullshitting, being nice. And, yeah. Uh, he said, "Have Riley give you my number, and you call if you need to come out, and I want you to come out." And like I said, I I thought he was just being nice. Yeah. I didn't really think anything of it. Yeah. And then, like a month later, he texted Riley, and he's like, "So is he gonna ever call me? And is he coming out here?" Damn. And so I talked to Riley, and I was like, should I? And he's like, you'd be dumb not to. Mm-hmm. And anyway, so I uh, went over there, and I, uh, that's how my rookie year started, going all Chad's touring pros. I lived over there, helped Delbert feed and haul bulls, and I rode in the semi-truck pretty much every event, Damn. heading to all them bull ridings, and got an invite to Tulsa, rest is history fuck standout moments probably big sky right that's when i first uh i uh, paid notice to you i guess watching watching online you take the win at one of the biggest uh touring pros of the year is that kind of when you maybe you got the confidence that maybe you could ride with the best in the world yeah that's uh you know i uh, i'd gotten hooked up with chase and brennan and uh got to haul before big them. sky or before big sky okay yeah got to haul with them during the summer and then went to big sky and then everybody else was there yep. you know and uh i ended up winning it and i was like that go that's pretty cool and <laughs> I, yeah, I was like all right <laughs> yeah know, fucking it like, <laughs> who are y'all you know i thought yeah i was like yeah i can I can compete with y'all just just as easy as anybody else. Cool. And, you know, I I thought they I thought everybody was idols and stuff like that. I thought you know they were just crazy good and stuff. And then I realized that I just needed to go out and go more, and that I'm right there with everybody else. Yeah, one of the best. Oh, that's cool. What's it like? As a maybe 19, 18 year old kid, whatever you were at that time, to have guys like Outlaw and Brandon kind of take you in their group, and uh, you know, in the locker room, we all have our different people that that we hang out with, type of thing. So, getting in with with those guys off the hop, but did that help you jumpstart even quicker? Just having that backing with you, or what's it like with those guys? Yeah, no, that, that's some of the most fun I've ever had. Uh, you know, they turned into some of my best friends and it just, uh, we'd go to the bull and it didn't really feel like 
I wasn't nervous or anything like that because I had them there and they're my buddies and uh, Chase and Brennan are good time. And so we just joke around and, you know, during the day go do stuff and not really think about the boy riding. Yeah. And uh, so it just made it pretty relaxing and uh, easy to transition into all that because they are, that's who I was friends with. And so I know knew they were going to push me and support me but also if i you know failed it wasn't the end of the world it wasn't like i was gonna get kicked out and had to find a ride home or anything like that mm-hmm. and so they made it easy to transition and go over there and try to but they made it real easy yeah. that's pretty damn sure that's badass so then tulsa hits uh you get to go go there win the first round was it kind of surreal getting to that level and then having so much success right off the hop? Or was it kind of you felt like that's what was normal, that's what you should have been? Or what were the emotions like at that point? Yeah, so that first event was a classic. And uh, I rode up there with Riley, took bulls up there. And uh, anyways, uh, he he's like, yeah, this bull's been really good and stuff. And I, uh, I was pretty pumped about it and uh anyways i that bull turned back and i ended up spurring him and i almost bucked myself off about six and a half seven seconds <laughs> i was like holy shit i'm spurring this thing at a big had a big bull ride you know yeah thinking and, uh, about it yeah yeah uh, anyways i ended up riding him winning the round and uh afterwards i was like uh because i was like second guy out and it okay. held for the rest of the night and I was like, damn, okay, maybe I can hang here. Like, yeah. Maybe I do belong. And so it's pretty neat with all that. Shit, shit. What did you end up at that event? Did you? I uh, think I ended up like seventh. Okay, yeah. Um, I, I didn't stay on anymore. I bucked off my second round. I got on a yellow muley of Dean Wilson. Yeah. And uh, then I got on uh, that bushwhack. Okay. Yeah. 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 And so maybe got enough points for that first round to, to stay on tour then, or did it roll no, from there? The next event was uh, in Nashville and it was Iron Cowboy. So they took top 40. Mm-hmm. And I was like 43rd or 44th in the world. Okay. And uh, with people out with injuries and stuff, I uh, was able, I got the invite to go over there. And then I ended up second over there. I won the first round, won the second round. And then bucked off everything, bucked off Bruiser to win it at like seven, eight. Didn't you? You had kind of a you have a history with Bruiser, right? There was a couple times that you rode him right to the horn and cost you the event win. Yeah, no, I, I love that bull, but hate him so much too. Uh, over there at Nashville, I rode him for uh, like seven, eight, and caused me the event. And then I. Uh, in Guthrie, Oklahoma, during all the COVID stuff, I came in first in the short and picked him and rode him for seven nine eight to yeah. win the event. Wow. I had to be had to be like seventy six points or something like that, yeah. and I fell off it right there before the boat. <laughs> so seven point eight or winning second as well in Nashville. I bet you guys didn't have any fun when you were in Nashville afterwards. Oh yeah, we had lots of fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I'll 
tell you, I don't know. It's a pretty good story. Uh, we were all over there hanging out. And, uh, we ended up going to the strip club. And uh, we were hanging out in the strip club. And this girl comes up. Like, it was a bunch of fat, pregnant girls. Uh, <laughs> it, it was no good. And uh, this girl came up to us. And uh, she said, uh, she's like, y'all here for the boy riding? And we are like, yeah. She said, y'all boy riders? And we are like, uh-huh. Like, yeah, that's what we're here for. And uh, she said, you think you can get us some tickets? And we are like, nope. And she said, come on. you. Sh- I showed you my pussy. The least you could do is get me some tickets. <laughs> and anyways, uh, after that, we were like, yep, nope. That's our cue to get out of here. Get gone. Oh, man. That ain't bad. Yeah, that's quite the... Quite the city, that one. We got some fun at that place. Uh, uh, yeah. That's gold. All right, so going from second in Nashville, you did pretty good for a while. A couple top five finishes. I think a couple more seconds after that. Your first win comes in Nampa, correct? Yes. Yep. Yeah. What's that like? Get that monkey off your back. Win at the highest level of bull riding for myself. That was always a big goal, a big dream to come true is finally win one at, at, at that level. Was it uh, just another day at the office for you or, or walk us through that situation? No, it was, it was freaking awesome. I, uh, I was getting close every weekend and bucking off my short round will be going. I don't know how many weekends I went in first to the short round to pick and uh, pick my bull and then ended up falling off of them. And, uh, anyways, it was nice to finally stay on my short round bull. And, uh, I, uh, I rode fearless over there at, uh, Nashville and, uh, come, uh, Nampa, I was standing there and I didn't know what to pick. Uh, and, uh, chat, I told myself after I got on fearless in Nashville, I was never getting on that sun gun again unless I had to. Oh, shit. And, yeah, he was just so strong, and I bad about leaning on the back of my arm. Yeah, uh, it shouldn't work, but it it's worked for you, right? About three times yeah. you rode that. Far. Yeah, I don't know how it's worked, but it has. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I told uh, I was standing there, and I was like, I don't know what to pick. And Chad Berger, he told me, he said, "Pick fearless. You're 92 on him already." He said, "You pick him again." And I was like, "Well, I guess I'll try." <laughs> and, uh, I ended up getting on him and I was 92 on him again uh, ended up winning that event and it made it after that I kind of liked him okay. like I was okay I, I like that bull yeah. and, uh, anyways every time I see him buck though I'm like I don't know why I like him because that does not look much fun no shit yeah but it works for you it was pretty neat I was finally able to get that win that i've been so close to for past weekends and uh just finally 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 stayed on something in the short round so a bull like fearless another one that that kind of stands out for me that you rode that not a lot of guys they have been getting along with him here in the older years but um in his day obviously was the tear of the patch when you rode him still was was at the top of his game was spotted demon was that one that when you had him drawn, looked at it like you were excited. 
that was one you wanted to get on or i know for me i was fucking terrified every time i tied my hand to him and it showed i got killed off every time i got on him but what was your mindset towards it and then obviously sticking it on his ass had to feel good yeah so i went to pbr in california and i entered twice uh as a touring pro and i entered twice and rode my first bull and then bucked off my second bull like late in the ride and got drawn back on time to the short round on both of them or on uh, my time bull mm-hmm. and that's when i and i drew spotted demon first <laughs> and i i remember seeing videos of him jerking people down i knew he's mean yeah. and he rolled in i was like fuck this <laughs> <laughs> and i i didn't <laughs> really i was actually kind of scared I, I didn't i was like to hell with this i've seen him jerk everybody down and then he's gonna hook your ass afterward <laughs> yeah and uh anyway so i nodded and it, it was one of the best feeling bull rides i've ever made and yeah he he actually felt pretty good and i wish i was able to get on again before they retired him yeah no shit so i guess that's just kind of how maybe that's your aspect on it different guys will really overthink stuff or or try to figure out what they're gonna do is do you do that with bulls do you try to figure out what their tendencies are a little bit or is it are you a big thinker before you get on or like you just said there maybe once it's time to nod your head you just kind of let everything flow and and ride but what do you do kind of prepping for that yeah i uh i'm pretty just easy going you know and i don't uh i don't get too worked up about it i uh one thing that does get me in trouble is because i love bull riding and i love watching bulls buck and stuff i do know everything mm-hmm. or, or like every bull overall mm-hmm. you know you're better now bulls and uh anyway so i uh i get to thinking i I got to do this or that. Sometimes catch myself setting trap. Sometimes being lazy and uh, not riding to the best of my ability and knowing how because I do know what some of them bulls are. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, so it gets me sometimes there. Sometimes it helps me though. And I, but I just try to, I think I, you know, go at every bull the same, but it's obvious that some of them I don't. Yeah. And uh, that's something that I need to work on and my mental state continue to get better at. Shit, yeah. Mental state, going into the world finals, going for the, the rookie of the year, that's something that everybody wants to win in their career. You you did that. Check that one off the list. Was it a tight race that year? Did it come down to the finals or did you run away with it? What was that whole situation like? Yeah, so rookie race, it was pretty much back and forth. It was me, Mace, and Dalen, and Zeke, and it was constant, just switching. Uh, One weekend, I might be fourth, and the next weekend, I might be sitting in first. And it just constantly up and down. And uh, Nampa kind of pulled away a little bit with it uh, and had a little bit of room after I won Nampa. And then went to world finals. I rode my first bullet world finals and ended up second or third in the round and uh, didn't stay on anything else. But luckily, nobody else really stayed on anything else. So it uh, ended up working out. But that was uh, 
you know, to be honest with you, I didn't even realize I had a rookie of the year until they started talking about it and talking to me about it after I was on tour for a little bit, talking about how he's in the rookie of the year race. No I shit. Didn't, I didn't even realize they had something like that. <laughs> Holy fuck. That's awesome. <laughs> that first world finals, I'll, I'll need to get that checked off the list too. That's uh, got to feel pretty amazing. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe from the sounds of it, you didn't really follow it or weren't like a big fan or knew all that stuff. So is it all just kind of uh, new to you every every stepping stone that you come across or is there goals that, that you have, or are you just going living in the moment? No, uh, you know, that first year I, uh, I didn't really have anything set. And I, uh, after I had some success on tour, I was like, I'm going to be in the top 10. And I made a deal with myself that I'm going to be in the top 10 before world finals started. And there, cool. uh, yeah, during world finals and in the year in the top 10. And then uh, last year I was playing and I was like, I'm going to go in the world. I'm riding really good right now. And I had that, gro- I had groin surgery. And anyways, it put a damper on all that. And then I came back and then ended up having another groin surgery. And so it just really fucked my whole year. Uh, mm-hmm. I ended up getting to go to world finals last year as an alternate. Okay. I was able to get on. And uh anyways this year I ended I was going and I was playing as win the world, win the world, win the world. And uh the American had dislocated my elbow and tore it up and so I ended up having to have elbow surgery. Fuck. And so uh but this year I'm like I don't think there's anybody that's gonna beat Jose this year. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think. But uh, my goal is to be in the top five by uh, end of this year, and so that's what I have set for, and that's what I'm working for. uh, I've been feeling really good and been riding good, and so uh, I hope I can get it done. Yeah. The groin surgery? Did you do you think? You said you had two of them. Did you come back too soon on the first one, or what transpired with that? Oh, really? I tried to. uh, They told me to stay out three and a half months, and I came back about two months into it because I was tired of sitting around. I was ready to get on bulls, and I got on a couple practice bulls, rally bucks some, and it felt like complete shit. And I went to Los Angeles that weekend, and I remember about three, four seconds into it, I was like, screw this. This freaking hurts. Right. And ended up jumping off, and it, it got all freaking swelled up, black and blue. I knew I knew it wasn't right. Yeah. The elbow injury, the way that you ride as well, like you said, like fearless where you get rocked back, it looks good, and, and uh, you get – you know, get, get a bunch of points out of it the way that you ride. Is that uh, something that you're trying to ride differently to protect that elbow now, or are you just still just fucking roll with it? Well, I mean, it was my free arm. Oh, it was? Uh, so, it, you know, it wasn't as big of a deal. But uh, after my elbow surgery, I will say, I, for some reason, I 
stopped jacking around and getting on the end of my arm as much and okay. um, riding a lot more correct. And I've uh, noticed it's a lot easier. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. Um, that's helped. Maturing and getting different styles <laughs> as you go. Yeah. What do you do training wise then outside during a guy like you? I know everybody has a different kind of regiment. Obviously, um, a guy like Jose would be a lot different than a guy like JB. Well, where do you stand within the the outside of the arena stuff, working out wise, fit wise? What do you get up to? Man, I just uh, I really don't I don't work out or anything like that. I try to stay busy and work and riding horses and getting on practicals and stuff like that. But uh, I just hang out around the house, do stuff, and. Uh, I hate working out. You are not going to see me working out because I hate it that much. <laughs> so I sit around and hang out and go go out watching buck bulls different places and just try to stay in it, in the sport. And uh, I'll catch myself watching bull riding during, during the day and stuff. And so... I guess you could say I watched some videos, like, but I just uh, I, I just don't like working out. So yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Out. Staying active though, like you say, if you're getting on practice pools and riding and always staying within the game, yeah. that's we've held you for a little bit. We're gonna go a little bit longer, but uh, one of our infamous questions on this show is: This is the NFP podcast. We know what NFP means to us. What does what does NFP mean to you? I think it means uh, just not having any backup in you uh, whenever you get to struggling and stuff starting to be rough and you get rough patches, uh, you just don't quit and don't be a pussy and just keep pushing through, you know. And, uh, and if you do start struggling, just realize that there are other people that or you're going to be there to back you up and help you out and uh, just not quitting because quitting doesn't get you anywhere. I don't know. So, I like it. Yeah, uh, that's good. So you rode, uh, you rode bulls obviously at uh, the T-Mobile in Vegas, the new news of the PBR going to Texas. What do you, what do you think of that? What's the vibe in the locker room? with with that i'm excited about it because it's only about an hour and 15 minutes from my house if i could drive home every day <laughs> yeah so i'm excited about it uh and i think everybody else is too uh overall uh i think you'll get a diff you're gonna definitely get a different kind of crowd yeah and stuff like that um but you know they had world finals last year in dallas at or Arlington over at AT&T, and that was fun. That was pretty neat. Yeah. So I think it. I think it'll be good. Yeah, I always found the prestige of like Vegas, where all the boys, the the guys that come before you, you know, and and just being in Vegas always felt like the finals. But I guess we'll have to start it fresh in Texas. Yeah. No, that's I thought was pretty neat too. You know. Vegas has just a whole different atmosphere. And uh, I'm glad that I'm going to get to go for a couple years over there in Vegas 
and uh, but I'm also excited with it being in Texas. So getting on tour so quick and then um, rising to the top so fast was was the PBR always on your mind? Was rodeo ever on your mind, or once you started having success at PBRs, that was the only thing on your mind? No, uh, I, uh, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I thought I was going to go rodeo. Started going to them PBRs and started liking them. And I was like, heck, I'm never going to rodeo a day in my life. These are too much fun. And then here I've, like this past year, I thought, I was like, you know what? Actually, I am going to rodeo for a year or two uh, eventually. Uh, not not anytime soon i don't know when but i'm planning on rodeo in a year or two after i win the world in the pbr i'm gonna try to go win the world in the prca and uh, okay. i think i think that'd be a pretty cool deal to do yeah no shit so with jb going to the rodeo side of things does that does that change anything for the guys within that locker room or, or thinking maybe that's something to do or what's everybody's mindset with with him going over there all right i know uh, it's kind of inside joke whenever we book off and stuff we're like fuck this we're gonna go rodeo <laughs> <laughs> and uh we joke around about that but uh i think it kind of jb has an influence on a bunch of people you know uh so i think i bet you'll see more of these pbr guys going and rodeoing here eventually because he did it yeah but uh heck i don't i don't know uh jb lives just like two miles from my house so well i've entered a couple with them haven't gotten into anything but i'm gonna go some make the nfr and all that yeah okay so is, is jb if he lives that close to you is that somebody that you're in contact with quite often somebody that you look up to and then try to get some pointers and shit from? Uh, I sit around and drink beer with them, hang yeah. out with them. But <laughs> that's about it. Nice. We'll play a little PlayStation. <laughs> uh, he's actually gotten a lot better than the first time. He's yeah. stepping it up. Yeah, I can't see him playing fucking PlayStation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I'm not very good either. But no, he's kind of just turned into a friend. And uh, uh, the first time I really ever talked to JB, we were uh, in North Carolina or something at a boy, uh, PBR. Come back you know, after picking my bull um, for the short round. Everybody's sitting in the locker room, you know, and uh, he's like, what'd you pick? And I picked a bull that was just a good one to get on. And uh, he's like, oh, yeah. He said, really uh, stepped out on a limb and picked a rank one, didn't you? Oh shit! And, and I said, "And what did you pick?" And everybody got quiet because he didn't make the short round. <laughs> and, uh, anyways, I asked him what he picked. Everybody got quiet, and he's like, "Uh, uh, the Uber home." And uh, anyways, after that, him and I we turned into really good friends. Oh fuck, that's funny. You've never been a guy, from what I've seen of you, to to shy away from guys like that. A lot of guys would be intimidated by uh jb or a cody lambert or uh fucking all those guys right like i know i was always afraid of, of what they were going to say and that seems to be something that doesn't bug you right no i uh i don't like 
taking no shit. Like, I'm not going to let people push me over. And uh, especially with their words. Like, they can push me over and other things, but no, I don't want to be pushed over and how they talk to me and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, me and Lambert have had a few conversations together. Have you? That's yeah. a good aspect on our show is the is the uh, run-ins with Cody Lambert. So you got to give us one. Uh, we always one thing we always do beforehand. Uh, uh, he showed up, big sky, and I looked at him and I said, "Why the hell are you here?" And he said, "He's like, what the fuck are you doing here?" <laughs> yeah, anyways that's kind of turned into our inside joke and uh we ask each other every time we see each other like what the fuck are you doing here uh, and uh but over there also at big sky made uh i was drinking beer before he uh, jumped on my ass about it and he motherfucking me and all this stuff and <laughs> i uh I got the nerve to ask him, or uh, I got the nerve to tell him that the only reason that he was pissed is because all he used to do is carry around Lane and Tuss rigging bag everywhere. Oh, uh, how'd that go? Uh, it just he he walked. We walked away from each other, and then we went up and. Uh, he apologized. He was like, "Hope oh, we still be friends." And anyways, ever since then, we haven't really. Oh shit! <laughs> oh man, guys. So coming up, you got some goals to get into that top five in the world. What's uh, what's the bull that you're looking at, or the guys are looking at that that uh, you think's gonna win bull of the world? We got some bets within our game of it. What's your what's the go to right now for for picks for the bull? Whoopaw, easy. Yeah, yeah uh, I know uh, that's a it's a pretty, but it's pretty common pick and stuff. But I got on riding solo earlier this year. They marked him forty seven. Telesco asked me if I thought he's gonna win bull of the year, and I told him I was like, no, nope, I think Whoopaw is. I don't think nothing can catch football. Yeah, no shit. There's, and heck, it, from looks of it, that's the bull you want to get on too. Yeah, no shit. 95 is fucking every time. Have you been on him? Yeah. No, I haven't been on him. Oh, damn. It, that would be flashy. This is me off because I want to get on him. And it seems like Boudreaux and Jose draw him every time. Yeah, every fucking time. What about Lemme? That's, that's one thing. I'd like to get an insider perspective on. Have you seen anybody like him? What is, what is, does he just stand out as unreal? Yes. Yeah. No, that was, he is a freak. It is absolutely crazy how good he is. Uh, I have never seen anybody that can do it so easy. And, you know, uh, Another day on the ship, he made an interview, and he's like, this is the first time I've been 90 on a boat. Fuck. And we are like, yeah, because you had never been on a boat before. You've been 90 everywhere else. Uh, yeah. What about his, his, uh, his like mindset towards it? You can see that he's trying to learn English. Lots of those guys 
some of them don't bother to even try to to learn it. They just kind of stick to their own group. He seems like he's trying to really learn English, take over, and and uh, be like the the poster boy of the whole PBR. Yeah, no, he uh, he's he's a, such a good guy too, and he uh, he's learned English really really well. He speaks English. You can have a conversation with him easily, and uh, he. Uh, I think it's because he's so thankful for getting to come and have this opportunity where it's the best bulls and best money. And so he is giving back in that sense of learning so he can speak to people and speak to fans and stuff like that. Badass. Well, Dalton, we, uh, we're going to be in your corner, obviously for the rest of the year, and the rest of your career, everybody here at the NFP podcast are big fans of, of what you do uh, i'll get you back on here hopefully when that that world title comes into play so uh thanks for for joining the show and, and being a part of it heck yeah i appreciate it thank you for having me i uh, can't wait to get back on it with y'all this has been our interview with dalton cassie i'm here With 20 pit bulls and a motherfucking strap Let's do the math Add this up $100,000 in the all black truck